Welcome, MOPS leaders, to Connections, the podcast. We're glad to have you here today. On today's podcast, we are going to talk about prayer. I know for myself, prayer can sometimes feel like I'm just not doing it right. Um, We know that Jesus modeled for us how to pray, but sometimes it seems difficult to make what we pray match that. So with us today to chat about this very thing is our friend, Elisa Morgan. Elisa Morgan was named by Christianity Today as one of the top 50 women influencing today's church and culture and is one of today's most sought after authors, speakers, and leaders. As the co-host of a syndicated radio program called Discover the Word, Elisa offers a daily 15-minute real-time conversation around the written and living Word of God. She also writes regularly for the Our Daily Bread devotional. She has authored more than 25 books on mothering, spiritual formation, and evangelism, including Beauty of the Broken, Hello Beautiful, She Did What She Could, one of my favorites, Five Words of Jesus That Will Change Your Life, and the NIV Mom's Devotional Bible. Her newest release is The Prayer Coin, Daring to Pray with Honest Abandon, and one of the main reasons she is with us here today. Also, for 20 years, Elisa Morgan served as the CEO of Mops International and now serves as the President Emerita. Welcome, Elisa. To start out, would you tell us a little bit about how you decided to dig into this topic of prayer and consequently write this book. To to be really honest and for everyone who is listening right now, please know that I would never consider myself a prayer warrior or a big person of prayer. I mean, I just, you look at my Facebook bio or if you look at my resume or whatever, you're not going to see that after my name. I kind of bumped and struggled along in the topic of prayer for as long as I know. Um, but but this particular book, The Prayer Coin, Daring to Pray with Honest Abandon, came out of a, a life experience, as really most things that we do, do. Uh, what was happening is that my husband, Evan, and I, we've been married almost 40 years. We had committed to go on an overseas ministry trip. And about a month before the trip, we found out he had to have surgery on his ankle. And so consequently, we thought, you know, it's not a great idea for him to fly a million miles. Uh, it's tough on your circulation and stuff. So he decided to stay home and I had to go on without him. And, you know, I flew from Denver to LA and I spent this three hour layover chatting with him and everything was cool and boarded the flight for Australia, a million hour flight. I think it was like, I don't know, 18 hours or something. And I landed in Australia, turned my phone on and punched all the prompts for international connections and stuff. And there were some messages from Evan saying, give me a call. And I'll give you an update on my leg. And I thought, cool. So I pulled my two-week size roller bag over to the side of the arrivals hall and called him. And guess what? My husband is in ICU with a 103 fever and a life-threatening blood infection beginning from his leg. And he could die. And I am like, what? <laughs> and, his, and his message is, I'll give you a little update. Yeah, he's, he knows me. So <laughs> I just really hit the floor, as, you know, in my heart in Australia going, what is this? Now, the thing is, is that I had actually intentionally been focusing on a specific prayer of Jesus 
during the season. And it's a prayer that's contained in three of the four Gospels, and it's mentioned in the fourth Gospel of John. And it came back to me so hard in the floor of the Melbourne airport. And I began to pray it differently. And it's a prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane in the hardest time in his life. And and that's where this whole concept of a two-sided prayer, a, a prayer of honest and abandon began to come to me. And by, by the way, let me just assure everybody listening, Evan is okay. I was able to eventually get back to him and he has recovered from that and we're doing great. But you know, prayer can sometimes begin in a time of crisis and can sometimes, that, that can be the place where we really learn a lot about it. I know too, for many of us, I think, um, and leaders as well, they, we just feel like we don't know how to do this prayer thing. And we kind of stumble along in our prayers. And for some, it's even hard to think about praying. And so is there some wisdom that you could give us with what it means to pray with honest abandon? You know, I think first off, we need to face our struggles. And I'll explain what honest abandon means in just a second here. But I think we need to, to face our struggles. Uh, you know, most of us feel inadequate. Well, about everything. You know, we're not smart enough and cute enough and spiritual enough and sexy enough and et cetera enough patient enough. And, and so we condemn ourselves. And the reality is, is that we're not enough, but God is enough. And the same thing applies in prayer. Um, you know, we have trouble making our mouth move at times. And we also have trouble making it connect to our real heart of hearts. And so we feel inadequate in prayer. You know, sometimes I think, well, maybe God's not even listening to me. And so why pray? Or maybe I pray and I don't see any results. And I think, well, I'm not praying right. Or, you know, I think about in James, if I ask wrongly, like to spend on myself, you know, God's not going to answer my prayer. So I just get stuck. And I think we all do. This prayer of Jesus, that he prayed in the darkest hour of his life on this planet, he prayed it the night before he went to the cross. He prayed it in the Garden of Gethsemane, inviting his disciples to join him that blessed their sweethearts, they were overwhelmed with all they had witnessed, with all Jesus had talked to them about in the in the upper room, and they fell asleep, and he was left alone. And yet he prayed repeatedly. Luke tells us three times he prayed this one prayer. Take this cup, yet not my will but yours be done. I've been blown mm. away that Jesus prayed to seemingly opposite requests in one sentence. And he prayed it over and over again. And he invited his first century disciples to pray that way. And it dawns on me, if we have that in three of the four Gospels, and yes, it's mentioned in John as well, where he says, should I not drink the cup the Father has given me? If he prays this, what? why don't we? What if we pray both honestly, God, heal my husband, Evan, yet not my will. What do you want? It's a prayer of honest. This is what I want, God. And then you pivot to, but what do you want, God? Abandon. Hmm. We, as um, MOPS leaders, when we think about praying at this time of year, we are praying like that. You know, we're praying that our meeting times will go smoothly and that our moms will form relationship and there won't be conflict on our leadership teams and all good things. And all things that appear to be things that God might want as well. But the reality is that a lot of the true spiritual growth 
that we experience doesn't always happen when and if we're praying we're inviting god into working in the whatever you know so god i'm praying for a full steering team i'm praying that every slot is filled and you know maybe it's august and they are all filled and in september half of them are open for some bizarre reason you're like fine thank you (laughs) and and in those moments i think this Take this cup, God. I don't want to have to leave the whole flipping thing all by myself. Or take this cup. God, I'm so tired of being unappreciated. Or take this cup. How am I supposed to be a mother, by the way, while I'm leading mobs? You know, those. this is what I want. Yet, God, help me understand, not my will. Maybe you have some other people that are to be called into leading that I didn't even think about before. Or... God, you know, maybe my feeling like I'm unappreciated is somehow how you feel when I don't turn to you. Or maybe my longing to be a better mother is a wooing from your heart to simply sit down with my sweet pea children. I don't have to do, 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 do for them. When we pray in this conversation of take this cup, this is what I want, yet not my will, what do you want, God? He comes deeper, and the end result is a deeper kind of intimacy in ourselves and in those around us as well. I I like how you said that this this constant conversation. Um, I think you you referenced that in your book as well. You know, sometimes when I think about praying, I get these images of you know Billy Graham praying for hours, or um, my great grandmother that wore grooves in the wooden floor where she would kneel and pray every day for hours. And I'm just thinking, wow, I got a shower today. (laughs) How do I have time to fit that in? But when you call it a conversation, it can truly happen in the carpooling children and changing diapers and all the things that we do on a regular basis. Absolutely. I think it's Richard Foster that said something about how we think that our prayers need to be colored and glistening like stained glass when truly just the arrows of our heart up to God count as prayer. And it can be this ceaseless babbling. I mean, just today I've been praying for my son in a situation at his work and, and I drove to a doctor's appointment and I prayed for him on the way and I came back and I drove and I prayed for him on the way back and I sat down on my computer and I shot up another prayer for him. It's it's so daily and it's so conversational, but so human. And I think that's the honest side of prayer is actually telling God what we want. But we think we have to dress it all up and make it so cute spiritual. But it's just, this is what I think is, is important, God. And then the flip to abandon is this relinquishment of maybe I don't quite understand what's important. And I think it's super important right here, Jen, to go, I'm not talking about a kind of an auto abandon where I just do the quote spiritual thing of whatever you want, God, because that is stinky. You know, that isn't real. Jesus didn't auto abandon. Oh, okay. I'll just go and die on a cross. He struggled and he was able to abandon because he was able to align his will with God's ultimate desires. And so as we pray, God, this is what I honestly want. And then we yield a little bit and go, but what do you want? There is this room for us to open up to what God really wants. 
we could talk about it with our children. You know, God, I really want my kids to be safe. I want them to make great choices. I want them to love you. I want them to be good. You know, I want them to excel. And that's so honest. And yet then when I see them make bad choices, it, can I abandon to God, but what do you want? Can you use the very needs in my life that showed me I need you? Can you use those in my kid's life? And I realize I'm trying to protect my children from feeling their need for you. Wow, wait a minute. And so that this conversation reveals what God wants, and it helps me align more with his desires. Sure. So as you're, as you're praying those honest thoughts, it allows those honest thoughts to become more the abandon and aligning your wants and God's wants. Yeah, there's this tiny word in between, take this cup and not my will. And the word is yet. <laughs> and Jesus prays repeatedly. He prays it, take this cup yet, not my will, but yours be done. Take this cup yet, not my will, but yours be done. And that yet, you know, as I look at that, of course, it's going to, it's a conjunction and it joins two opposite statements to God. But, you know, I picture kind of like a, a gymnast pivoting on a balance beam and going in the opposite direction or a basketball player pivoting in the middle of the floor and turning to, to swoop and, and throw a shot. And the reality is, is that that word yet pivots us, it pivots me from being honest to yielding and abandon. And then there's a discipline with that. Our theme for MOPS this year is find your fire. And we have three specific tenants. One of them talks about living expectantly. And I love how it lines up with this. It's living in such a way that we know that God is going to do what is best. And it allows us to lean into that and, and pray those honest prayers. And another one of our tenants is to surrender daringly. And I just love the way those play off of honest and abandon in the in the prayer yeah there's a kind of a cumulative process in prayer that i think does absolutely fold into living expectantly this cumulative process is that you know prayer creates honesty this is what i really 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 want god and what i really believe and then when i'm honest and i'm not zapped from heaven or something you know it develops trust and the more I can trust that I can be honest, then I develop surrender. Okay, I'm going to yield over to you, God. And then surrender brings on more intimacy. You know, I, oh, I don't just surrender to you. I actually love you. And, I, and I'm okay to abandon to what you want. God reinforces us, bottom line, to move from honesty to abandon over and over again, deeper and deeper. Because his ultimate goal is that we are one with him. So, so that is living expectantly. I expect my good God to be good in my world and to use even the crappy stuff to pull me closer to him and to bring those I love more towards what he always imagined they would be. And then to, to surrender daringly, the more I see him do that, the more I'm going to abandon. The more honest I'm going to be, the more I'm going to abandon. And on it, on it goes until we really are more in line with who God is. And that may mean messy things happen. Okay. It will mean messy things happen. <laughs> and, 
And that's okay, you know, because as I've written in other books and we've all experienced, God uses the broken. You know, he, he sometimes uses us far more mm -hmm. powerfully when we're broken than before we were broken. You know, that, that thing which is broken in us, maybe it's a divorce or maybe it was abuse we, we experienced or, or maybe it's a lousy temper that we've had to go to God over and over again. Those broken things in our lives, God loves even those. And when we bring those broken things to him, and put them in his hands, he redeems them. And somehow he makes us even more effective because of these broken things. They don't disqualify us. They, they can actually further qualify us because people look at us and go, oh, she gets it. Oh, this is how she walks with God, even in the mess of it all. Oh, this is what Jesus looks like in real life. Not in the all put together, but in the relying on him. You know, nobody needs to see another Pinterest creation of matchy, matchy, match. What we need to see is when we fall down, how do we get back right. up? And how do we get going? That's what we need in each other. And that's what Jesus provides. For each other. And being honest with even who we are in our honest prayers. I think sometimes we like to present ourselves as that Pinterest with a bow on top and we're kind of a mess most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting in, in scripture when the three Matthew, Mark and Luke writers talk about Jesus, you know, they were use words of him in the garden saying that he was distressed. He was overwhelmed mm -hmm. with grief. He was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Okay. That's not light fluffy stuff. That's, that's real pain. And that's Jesus. We, we get kind of uncomfortable. We think, oh my gosh, you know, why is he roiling in the dirt? This is God. But this is also Jesus who was fully human. And if he could be that human, that honest, unapologetically recognizing his human status, gosh, can't we? That's what we are. Yeah, absolutely. Alisa, I so appreciate your words of wisdom for our leaders. And I feel like we couldn't have a conversation about prayer without actually praying. Would you pray for our leaders? Absolutely. And Father, I'm going to pray honest and abandoned in, in this model as we pray right now. God, we come before you, we women who are broken, beautifully broken, but broken. And God, we want to yield our very beings to you. Most of us honestly don't feel qualified to lead. And yet, we know that you've asked us to lead. God, most of us, Lord, are asking as well, would you take the cup of inadequacy and insufficiency and feeling like we have to have it all perfect every single mops meeting day? Or would you take that expectation? And yet, God, we abandon to also doing the work of preparation and being diligent, and being committed. And, and God, then we also are, are praying, Lord, would you please keep our steering committees healthy, Lord, healthy physically, healthy mentally, healthy spiritually, God. This is what we want. Take the cup of any kind of illness or dysfunction, we pray, Lord. And yet we pivot, God, not our will. If you allow pain, if you allow health crisis, if you allow baby crises and pregnancy crises and people to be transferred and have to move and people to make wrong choices and have heavy consequences. God, 
Lord, would you help us to draw near to you even in that pain and be present for one another? God, we pray for you to take the cup of unhealthy churches, unhealthy church staffs where they don't get mops and they don't respect mops and they don't want to help mops. And they don't want to pay for mops. Would you take the cup of that? Yet, God, if you allow unhealth, would you help us to be voices of truth? Would you help us to be examples of embracing even the bad? Would you help us to live expectantly and to surrender daringly? God, for the leaders in mops, for Mandy, the board, for the staff, for the volunteer, God, all the way into every single group leader. Lord, we pray you would bless them and honor them for their efforts and take care of all of our dailyest of needs. Take away our pains and struggles and things we don't want in our lives. And yet, God, may we be brave enough to expect to live with great expectation and to surrender daringly, Lord, allowing you to move through us. And Lord, in all these things, Lord, may we remember that you spent the very exorbitant prayer coin of take this cup yet not my will by giving the life of your very own son that we might be in an intimate relationship with you that we can pray both, this is what I want, God, yet what do you want? Not my will, but yours be done. And may you grow that intimacy in our hearts and in our walks with you. In your name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Elisa. Thank you for your wisdom that you've shared with us. And if you would like to pick up Elisa's book, The Prayer Coin, which I highly suggest, you can get it at Discovery House Publishing or any major bookseller. And you can find more information about our Find Your Fire theme and resources at leaders.mops.org. Thank you for joining us today on Connections, the podcast.